Welcome to The Real Birth Podcast, the show where real parents share real birth stories and get really honest about how it went. You might be a first-time expectant parent, or on your eighth baby. Perhaps you're a birth worker, or maybe you just love learning about birth. Whoever you are, you are welcome here. This podcast aims to educate and empower listeners through the real stories of mums and dads. I'm Lucy Hill. I'm a doula, a mum of a toddler, and a complete birth nerd. Join me as I invite all kinds of parents to share their stories of pregnancy, birth, and beyond. I hope you enjoy this week's episode. Welcome back to The Real Birth Podcast. Today, my guest is Jo, who had her first baby in hospital in 2021. Jo discovered she was pregnant with her very surprised baby while she was in lockdown and shares her experience of feeling in complete disbelief until she was sure her pregnancy was real. Jo has a condition called hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which causes joint hypermobility, loose unstable joints that can dislocate easily, joint pain and clicking and extreme tiredness among other symptoms. Jo was keen to have a birth centre birth, but she was advised by consultants to birth in the hospital, as one of the risk factors for somebody with EDS is an increased chance of blood loss during birth, as well as risks to her joints and hips during the strains of labour. Jo is local to me, and so we met in her kitchen and recorded in person, which is really rare for me these days. That being the case, I will say now that the audio quality on this episode is a little bit quieter and it might be a bit less polished than usual, but that is the price you pay for a good cup of tea and real human company, apparently. Here is Jo to tell her birth story. I hope you enjoy. Hi Joe, thank you so much for joining me today um, for the podcast. Before we go on with your birth story, could you tell us a little bit about who you are and who's in your family? Yeah, sure. Um, so it's me, Joe, <laughs> and Matty. Um, he's my fiance. We're going to get married in August. And Ivy, who's now seven and a half. No, she's been nearly eight months old. Thinking about your um, pregnancy, then. When you fell pregnant with Ivy, was that an intentional pregnancy? Did you plan to have baby? Um, no. <laughs> so when you fell pregnant with Ivy, was that an intentional pregnancy? Had you planned to have children when you did? Um, no, I hadn't. <laughs> um, I was actually doing like my third year of illustration oh, wow. at UWE in Bristol. Um, so I'd like gone back to uni and yeah, we were kind of just... And Matty was studying as well. So it's kind of a good time. It's kind of lockdown, and then oh, yeah, yeah, lo- January lockdown over Christmas and stuff. Um, is when I got pregnant by accident, and yeah, found out in February. Yeah, um, and how yeah. how did you did you just feel something was different, or was it as simple as you didn't get a period? <laughs> yeah, pretty much because before I've had quite long cycles. Okay. Um, and this is when I was in Bristol. I worked for Neil's Yard Remedies. Mm-hmm. And they've got like upstairs, they've got like acupuncture, and I was kind of having acupuncture to get my cycles in sync. Because um, I knew that I was, I read like Millie Hill Period Power, yeah, that was called, and she recommends sort of getting a cycle around 30 up to 32 days, yeah. But I was going up to like 35, 36 days, so yeah, I was keeping an eye on it quite a lot. I have the Flow app as well, yeah. and my cycles were like 
generally I'd got I was eating really well I was having lots of smoothies and mm. walking every day because it was the lockdown I was just walking around the harbour every day like looking looking after myself it was actually because we we're getting married so I was like yeah <laughs> like for my skin just looking after myself quite a lot like having a lot of superfoods because I worked at Neil's Yard yeah. as well so yeah I was I think that helped my fertility like accidentally <laughs> I tell my friends like oh it was the seeds because I was having like chia seeds every day and, but yeah I so my cycle was like today 35 and I was like I'm, I'm not pregnant but I've got an old test in the cupboard and um I had it just from another like particularly long cycle mm. a while ago so it was out of date right um so I took it like on one the morning that I was day 35 I think so really like not very late or anything and yeah it was like two lines which I know I didn't have the leaflet anymore um, yeah so I didn't actually know which what you were looking at or which wasn't because I haven't really done one properly before so I showed Matty because he was working from home he's te- a teacher he was like in between zooms with his with his kids and I was like I think I've done like a pregnancy test and it, it I think it might be positive <laughs> we were both like no I think it's out of date and um just like really brushed it off were you down the shops pretty quick to get yeah, another one no I wasn't because I was like oh I don't think I am really and I went I was going for my walk around the harbour and I phoned my friend Abby I was meant to anyway and I was just like we had a really long chat and then at the end of the chat I was like oh yeah and also I did a pregnancy test today and it was positive, like really brushing off. She was like, "I think I don't really think you get false positives, Joe." <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, went to the pharmacy and bought like the proper clear blue one yeah. that's like pregnant, not pregnant, so I would know for sure. And it said how many weeks, and I think it was like yeah, Matt and five weeks or something. Matty was out when I did it in the evening. He was like. I'll, I'll just go for a walk or we'll do one later and I just couldn't wait no. <laughs> I did it. so I had to phone my friend Abby and I was like yeah I think it's positive and I definitely did like quite a few more like in the following week just yeah. to I think it said yeah like between five to six weeks pregnant wow once you've got your head around it which yeah. probably took a while if it was a bit of a surprise what were your thoughts about birth what had you kind of previously known about birth and and what were your thoughts about what you wanted for your own birth? So my mum is was an antenatal teacher oh, for the wow. NCT. So I've kind of like grown up with birth balls in the house <laughs> and like <laughs> pictures of babies like coming through the pelvis and like quite graphic posters. Yeah. So it was all quite like normal for me. And like I've always thought about it like birth because she was doing it from when I was quite young. Right. So me and my friends used to like sneak and look at the posters and say oh we really want to be midwives and things like that yeah yeah so I kind of had an idea that I wanted it to be quite maybe not even natural because the NCT stance is like all types of birth yeah um whatever happens is normal yeah that kind of thing but I think I just had the idea of like being like moving a lot Mm. like with the birth ball and I wanted to feel like quite in control and yeah I did a lot of research and things but um, mm. lots of books yeah <laughs> um just because yeah also my mum's friend is is a hypnotherapist okay. like a birth natal hypnotherapy okay. it's called so we arranged to do a course with her as well because I heard that was quite 
that can be quite helpful mm. natal hypnotherapy therapy um i just read quite a few different little books or one like active birth i skimmed through mm-hmm. that was quite helpful like planning positions mm. and i followed like the naked doula yeah she's Instagram. great isn't she so good yeah like yeah. the graphics and it's a really so she's fantastic on instagram if you don't follow her yeah it's the naked doula and it's a lot of really digestible short pieces of fact graphics. information graphics if you learn yeah. in that kind of visual way and she does some really good videos as well mm, yeah it was really um, good actually yeah instagram can be a really great place actually to if you yeah. follow the right people i know it can be quite um overwhelming if it's if it's not information yeah. you want to hear but yeah um, definitely. yeah for the right people it, it's brilliant I found that really good actually yeah oh, that's cool um because i because i'm an illustrator as well like visually learning things was really really yeah. helpful little little bits like that and also followed eva rose birth yeah like the photographer just yeah. for like the raw imagery imagery and like really preparing for just yeah that i think that's so such a good point is actually because uh, i i think i found the same thing really helpful following birth photographers mm. if you're not used to seeing like really real raw images of birth I Mm. think it can be a bit graphically shocking if you see something in your own birth so I'd really recommend that is following birth photographers because not only I mean are you getting an actual idea of what birth looks like and for partners as well get your Mm. partner to follow birth photographers but it's also just they're just beautiful like they're so beautiful pictures yeah I did show Matty a picture actually from one and he was like yeah goodness kind of i think it was the baby actually how sometimes they come out with like the cone-shaped head yeah covered in stuff (laughs) yeah 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 and that kind of i think that prepared him a bit more yeah you don't see them covered in vernix and jelly on the telly do you so um exactly yeah exactly i think it's really good um advice to prepare so how was your pregnancy then so if you found out sort of five six weeks um how was the rest of your first trimester and then further on how did it go how did you feel yeah quite quite good yeah I, I think I still didn't believe it to start with so I and I was a little bit I tend to be like a little bit anxious so mm. I booked to get like a private scan because I, I knew we'd get one at 12 weeks and I mm. thought that's actually a really long time from now like it was six weeks and I was like I don't know if I can wait that long to like check if they're actually in there whoever they are yeah and um because I didn't actively try to get pregnant as well I think it didn't feel as real I think if, yeah if I had tried again mm. it might feel a bit more like something happened and then I got pregnant but yeah I couldn't, couldn't remember when it might have been so I booked to get a private scan at like eight weeks I think yeah. it was and um we just went and yeah I think that really helped to mm. like really visualize because we saw the heartbeat and we both cried like well the little flicker of yeah. the little bean on the screen <laughs> like a little candle isn't it yeah yeah and it just yeah it really like helped to like actually believe that there was some something um, there there. yeah and then we just sort of sat tight for the 12 week scan which was really exciting and that went fine as well it was in bristol yeah in the lockdown so matty couldn't come into the hospital Mm. but then he could for the scan it was all a bit weird so yeah imagine everyone who's had scans like some of these rules COVID. as well just seem really arbitrary like they can't come in but then they come in for the tiny yeah. bit and then it's like well yeah <laughs> yeah it was quite strange but yeah that was really cool because you, you could see like the leg, the arms and you the see legs. it all don't you yeah and she was really kicking about that was really cool so yeah she that was that was really positive i felt 
positive after properly seeing it's like mm. a baby shaped a baby shaped there. baby yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, were you physically feeling all right or did you have many pregnancy symptoms a little bit sick i remember before i knew i was pregnant we went for like a walk we'd had a bit of wine actually because i didn't know i was pregnant yeah. and then i was just like in the car like i feel a bit green and <laughs> <laughs> massy like made me go for the walk anyway yeah, I bought some, like, the bands, the yeah. sickness bands, and that helped, like, um... But, yeah, I've got, like, a condition called hypermobile Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. Okay. So that affects, like, your connective tissues. Mm. Um, my mum's got it, so she's she's actually part of the charity support group in her area. So she knows a lot about it, and so we kind of looked into pregnancy in the context of that she had a lot of resources um, mm. and it's just things like you're more likely to have like hemorrhaging due to like the connective tissues and um, pelvic girdle pain because your joints are looser yeah um, so I know that hits. during pregnancy your body has a much much higher level of relaxing doesn't it to kind of help all your ligaments open up and stretch and accommodate yeah. and be flexible yeah. but I believe with Ellis uh is it Ellis yeah. Danlo sorry Ellis Danlos yeah Ellis Danlos yeah, apologies syndrome. there's already a really high level of like hypermobility isn't there so yeah. so it's almost Joints. amplified yeah. so am I right in thinking that you can actually sustain more kind of like injuries in terms of the fact that you're mm. you're flexing yourself maybe too far yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, some people have it worse, so like dislocations and things. Yeah, but, gosh. Um, my my joints just sort of like so blacks and things. So during yeah. the pregnancy, I just had to watch my knees and right. my pelvic girdle pain started around like sixteen weeks. So okay. even just a tiny extra weight, sort of my pelvis would be a bit too flexible and opening. Yeah, I found the belt quite good. Yeah, um, supportive. A bit of support, yeah. And did you need to have any additional care, kind of, through either a consultant or mid- midwife because of that condition? Was that yeah. kind of flagged up? Yeah, so the midwives in Bristol were like, oh, yeah, we've, we've heard of that, actually. Um, we'll refer you to the consultant. At the time, it was, like, phone call appointments. Okay. And um, got later in the pregnancy, and um, we were planning on moving and stuff. But they referred me to the to a Bristol-based consultant. Mm-hmm. I had a phone call, and she said, which wasn't great news for me. It was kind of like we recommend that you're in the hospital, mm-hmm. which you know I'm not. Yeah, I think I was more against it to start with. I'd been looking into like the birth centres mm-hmm. and things like that, just because I read so much about like the cascade of intervention. Yeah, and I knew starting in that environment that would be more likely for that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was a bit upset because okay. I really wanted I have a birth center I was considering home birth yeah until they said about the risk the risk of extra bleeding is is that the mate the primary reason why they would want you in the hospital because yeah. there's an extra risk of yeah okay I think so yeah they said they didn't want me in the birth center either because if I needed like a blood transfusion mm-hmm. so I'd have to be rushed and mm. they painted a bit of a gloomy picture about okay. like the midwives not be like having to my blood yes. go I don't know yeah they made it sound a bit grim and scary I kind of brushed that first consultation off the phone call like we're moving to Froome I'll, t- I'll talk to my new midwife or con- and consultant at the RUH and yeah. see if they have a different opinion doesn't hurt to get a second opinion and I just thought like I don't want to be sort of directed into a birth that I don't want I think that's really um, important to know is that you can get a second opinion 
Yeah. It's like people kind of think, oh, no, I think in somewhere like America, it's sort of like if you don't get on with your doctor, you kind of just like fire fire them and move on. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but here it's sort of like, oh, we don't realise we can ask for somebody else to talk to as well. Mm. A, a good way to look at it, you know, if you were moving anyway, it's a new area mm. that you're going to be in anyway. So how did your new midwife team and your new consultant, how did they see your birth choices and what you were hoping for do they recommend the same thing or how did they Um, talk to you about that yeah so the midwives were generally they had a bit more time i think Mm. and it was it's really nice here like in bristol they don't listen to the heartbeat for you like in early appointments like 16 weeks i think i was still there and they were like oh no we don't do that in case we can't hear it and things like that and Mm. worry you and but when actually you're looking that for that reassurance aren't you so we yeah. got to Froome and like one of the first things she does was like would you like to listen to the heartbeat and I was like yes yes <laughs> <laughs> and I was just so happy like I had a lovely midwife called Karen oh, Karen um, is amazing I just want to give Karen a huge shout out she is the best yeah I hope she's listening um I didn't have her towards the end of my care but I started off with her and she was really lovely she made me feel just really like reassured and safe like being in a new area yeah of course passed to a new team and stuff and then I had my appointment in person with a consult oh consultant consultant that's it (laughs) consultant and yeah she was kind of like they she trained with the other doctor that I'd spoken to so they had very much the same stance on risks and things like Mm. that and she was like yeah we really recommend that you're in the hospital Mm. I think they'd had um, a bad outcome with somebody with my condition before okay. um, so they were all a bit on edge about it I suppose and, yeah. uh, and, do you, and I kind of started to get my head around it I yeah. suppose yeah. do you know what the what the actual numbers were in terms of the increased risk did they give you that information not really no because okay. no. I always think that's really interesting where if there is an increased risk you know absolutely if mm. we should we should be told about that but What's the it's the same yeah, yeah I think that it's that's something that we don't really think to ask because it's things like it's things like you know the risk of stillbirth goes up when you get to like 41 weeks but yeah it doubles but you're going from 0.2 percent to 0.4 percent so it's kind of I mean I may I may need to correct that stat but it's um the point is that yeah it's a relative you have to look at the relative risk so I'm just Mm. interested as to whether you were given any numbers no that's the good thing about having my mum around because she gave me statistics did she oh love her she knows them yeah she knows the statistics so yeah she was kind of like because she's my mum she Mm. was like if this is what they're recommending then Mm. I would feel happier but if you would want to be in the birth centre like they did say it's oh it's your choice at the end of the day but we strongly Mm. recommend it and I don't think me and Matty were feeling particularly relaxed about the thought of having Mm. to be transferred in an ambulance and I'd, I'd had a friend give birth in room recently and say that she'd had to be transferred kind of fairly late on from the birth centre. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, she'd had a bad experience okay. with that. Um, yeah, so it just started to feel a bit more secure in my yeah. mind. So with like, all the information you'd got, you, you guys decided that you were going to go to the hospital from the get-go? Yeah, eventually. Eventually. Yeah, yeah, yeah eventually. <laughs> I was still kind of going like... But I could do the birth centre and, like, I don't mind being transferred. And mm. and Karen was kind of saying, like, yeah, we can give you this injection, which yeah. helps pre- uh, prevent hemorrhaging yeah. in the birth centre. 
things like that so yeah it took a while to decide like okay i'll do mm. the hospital and it took it i read read into hospital but like positive mm. hospital experiences read a few birth stories in hospitals and like just started to think about how i could make it what i wanted from a birth center in the hospital and also my mum's friend noreen is quite um, well known at the ruh okay. she's a doula and she's been there a lot so she was kind of like put a little word in for you <laughs> oh that's great <laughs> to get your birth ball because um, oh that's fantastic that's I wanted right birth. so yeah definitely wanted the birth ball aspect if I could just for mm. relaxation and yeah. I think that's another thing that's definitely worth noting is you know even if it's not necessarily what you wanted or even if it is what you want to be in hospital from the start mm. there's loads of stuff you can do to yeah, make that space exactly, to yeah. kind of really heighten the levels of comfort and love in that room it doesn't have to be totally stark so that's really good so you had somebody on on your team kind of putting a little word in for you there um towards the end of your pregnancy then how were you feeling and did you go into labor spontaneously and how did that happen my feelings wise how i was feeling i yeah i was feeling okay i think my hormones were quite i was quite emotional and um experienced quite a lot of like highs and more lows um but overall fairly positive like she was really good like kicking and I had a little kicks bracelet because that really reassured me like to keep a pattern of Mm. kicks count charity sell like a little yeah um counter um and I was just really on it like making sure if I if they dropped at all they only did I think she only dropped kicking like once or twice and they were really lovely at the birth center like yeah they'll just have you in and have a listen and she was usually fine just bit stiller at that moment um but yeah my pelvic pain was quite bad so I was referred to a physiotherapist okay um and I'd been on Facebook and stuff on my support pages for my condition and they were like yeah the pelvic pain can be pretty bad towards the end but I had crutches and Mm. things like that so I was really like able to go on people's recommendations so I was like advocating when I went to the physiotherapist like what Mm. I might need that's great so did you find that those groups of support for the condition were even more beneficial when you were pregnant because you were you were able to ask all those questions to all those people that have been there before I suppose yeah because it was like such a specific to this condition kind of situation Mm. and I needed those answers so yeah I used those pages more I don't really use them now yeah um so yeah but they are so valuable I think not every midwife and not every consultant you meet is going to be familiar with your condition so yeah to have those Um, real life experiences if anyone's listening with HEDS that's the shortening of the condition I'd recommend Rachel Fitzdee she's written a baby book my baby skin to skin um which is quite useful but she's also got ellis Danlos syndrome herself okay and so she's really like an expert on pregnancy and the condition but yeah. okay i will link that somewhere yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah brilliant how did labor begin what was your first signs and what happened they were monitoring my blood pressure and my proteins and okay. my wee um which they do with everyone and then the protein slightly was going up towards the end when they sent it off like the protein urea so if it it was dipped it was okay but they sent it off because there was slight traces okay and then it had quite high traces um so they were like a bit on edge about it they then referred me to like a consultant in the RUH again to like have a chat about it 
or they they sent me to the RUH actually and then I spoke to a consultant um, mm. on the day and they were like so you're getting towards the end there's protein in your ear like because I think you have weekly checks towards the end don't you yeah they certainly get a lot closer together and I'd imagine yeah, if you were under consultant care you'd probably have more yeah. so I assume what they're thinking is they're keeping an eye on things in terms of preeclampsia Mm. Um, for protein I'd yeah, imagine if that's they're it, looking yeah. out for that I'd imagine yeah I think they're quite yeah, yeah on it with that so that put them on edge a bit and they I spoke to that doctor and she was like okay um it's going up and it was getting it was going up and up sort of over the a course of a couple of weeks it was sort of getting higher but and I saw and I felt okay I was just starting to feel like a little bit more tired um I did have a twinge of the pain that you can get in your side mm. so that's why I ended up going to the RUH actually because they were like oh you've got the pain you've got the protein we're going to go get you checked and then they started to say things like well you don't need to be induced today because your blood pressure is fine but we don't want it to then spike up like yeah. in a couple of days so then they wanted me to be monitored daily I think towards the end my blood pressure because my protein was up Okay. Um, I mean, I could have been induced at 40 weeks, but yeah. I didn't really want that. Yeah. Um, they started talking thing about sweeps and things, mm. which I declined to start with. But because they were talking about induction, I was then more inclined to like mm. accept a sweep to avoid it, to avoid induction. It's something that yeah. I really didn't want. The consultant said that they would probably let let me go. <laughs> quote quote. <laughs> yeah, let me go to about 40 on week. Okay. before they would say you need to be induced mm. because of your heightening protein levels which I understand they didn't want it to then turn into a situation where mm. I did have actually have preeclampsia preeclampsia I was like pre 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 eclampsia yeah. <laughs> yeah my mum had it okay um, with me and, and with it is it is um more likely to happen if your parent experienced so, yeah. it yeah I think that's what was like, putting them on edge as well she had it um my mum had it so she also declined inductions but they made her stay in hospital because she did have high blood pressure yeah but for me I could just be at home the midwives came here the three ones that's great and just that week where my protein was up they would come and do my blood pressure blood pressure and it was fine and they because we were getting closer to maybe being induced I was yeah just doing everything I could like bouncing on my ball um I was drinking raspberry leaf tea right from when you're allowed to about yeah I read 32 weeks you can drink it from or something. Clary Sage, essential oils. Yeah. Like I had a massage already and I was just, yeah, just relaxing, trying to relax. Yeah. <laughs> Having the threat of an induction. Like, coming yeah, up. that's not the most relaxing space to be in, is it? No. <laughs> so, they, yeah, every time they visited, I would ask them a bit more about induction and like what it would entail mm. in case. I mean, they did say you can decline it, but like the pressure got more and more as I got closer so I think it was like the Monday and they wanted me to be induced on the Friday so I got and how many how many weeks would you have been then I think I would have been 41 weeks I think they said um 40 plus 10 days now I could go to um so yeah lead, leading up to the 40 plus 10 days I got some acupuncture I was gonna say um, if you used that previously did you go back yeah. to that because that can be lots of people try that don't they to get things going yeah yeah I did it I used to get it to have to bring on my period because yeah. it would be delayed 
Um, so I thought, oh, that used to really work for me. I'll try that. And um, so I had that on the Monday evening, and on the Tuesday morning, I like lost a bit of my mucus plug. Okay. Oh my goodness, it worked, <laughs> and I was definitely like feeling little twinges and feeling more tired, like little little bits and bobs, like throughout the week. I think I was in latent labour, like throughout okay. the week then, and I was kind of just hoping that it would happen. I had a phone call with another midwife on a Thursday, I think, just like saying that I was having little on and off little twinges and things like that, not proper contractions, but but then. I think I'd had like on the Wednesday another urine sample and it'd gone like really okay. up again um, and they were like oh we're kind of worried I think that you should get this induction and I thought okay I'm feeling a bit unwell I felt like a little bit not myself mm. and, and I was getting quite tired um, thinking well actually I have to give birth soon yeah <laughs> so I don't want to like drag it out too much and just get more and more unwell because then I won't be in a very strong position to go into the labour if it ends up like next week I do have to be induced I don't want to be exhausted and feeling worse so I kind of accepted it in the end they were they were kind of piling on the pressure a little bit I guess because they were worried so Mm. um I I agreed to have the induction so was that book for the Friday and they kept that date or did they bring it forward they kept it as the Friday as long as you come in on the Friday then that would be okay okay yeah, so I suppose, like, being a bit anxious, having something to, like, prepare for, knowing, like, when we were going to go into the hospital, mm. and, like, and I had my bag ready, but knowing, like, when we were going to drive there, and was quite helpful. Yeah, I can totally understand that, how yeah. having a date in the diary and a plan of action feels... And it had been quite worrying up to that point. Yeah, wanting yeah. Wanting to have a natural birth, and, like, just being sort of cornered in, yeah round to the hospital and then to an induction (laughs) but in a way being able to just kind of surrender if that's Mm. you know you've made your decision you can go with that and then you can control Mm. what you can control within that can't you yeah I think that's what I just made sure I controlled what Mm. I knew I could yeah yeah how did induction day go you you, what time did you rock up to the hospital did they get you in early or yeah I think they called it like 10 a.m or something and we were like oh great yeah (laughs) we're not actually actually that ready so by the time we set off properly um I think we'd missed my slot so like come in anyway we've got a bed you'll probably be induced at like two o'clock instead Mm that was all fine yeah um so what what method of induction did they offer you and or or did you have a choice what did they say they would like to do yeah i think the first one they go for is like the pessary depending on where you're at i think maybe because i was in latent labor i didn't actually tell them that actually i was kind of like just going with it and seeing if I would like start on my own while we were waiting or something yeah. I was like yeah maybe it'll happen um but they talked me through the process and they mentioned that I would have to have my waters broken um, okay that's part of the induction process apparently and I was like whoa yeah <laughs> that's not happening <laughs> I don't like I know like from my mum and speaking to Noreen I knew that's not recommended by like it's not in the nice guidelines no. or something but that's general practice for for induction now like once you're one centimetres or when they can go to break the waters they do so I was like okay well I'm okay having the pessary and but I'm not okay with the water mm. breaking at 
aspect. And how did they react um, when you declined that? They said, well, if you don't want that, then you don't really want an induction. And I was mm-hmm. like, I, first of all, I don't want an induction. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having one because it's recommended. And and then yeah. I, I completely understand where your your head will be. I'm happy for you to kind of kickstart my labour. Mm-hmm. But, but then... You know, Just you want like you want to be in rest. control of it from there. Yeah, I imagine breaking the waters is something that they were trying to do to make things go quicker. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, because there seemed to be like a long waiting time to be induced. Yeah. I didn't get induced on the Friday in the end, partly because we just kept getting pushed back because things yeah I yeah. suppose things take a long time. It is funny, isn't it? The amount of people I know who have gone in for these inductions that have been so so much pressure has been put on them to go in for the induction mm. we really recommend you have this induction blah 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 and then they get there and they wait for four days because yeah. there's no room and you think well it wasn't that bloody urgent was I it know, i know <laughs> i know exactly. so you had to wait did you yeah we waited i can't remember how many days exactly but it wasn't the first day i don't know if it was like later the second day or it might have been like the third day i've really lost Gosh. track of it because there was the whole debate about if I was going to do it, if they were going to break my waters yeah. or not. But yeah, we were waiting a long time. It got to the evening and normally the partners have to go home. But they were um, monitoring my blood pressure and it sort of spiked around 8 o'clock. Maybe because I knew that Matty was going to have to leave. Yeah. And I was actually, was in latent labour then in the room. I was like having on and off little yeah. contractions. And I and because it spiked, they were like okay he can stay because they started talking about things like oh if you st- if you start to have a seizure ring the bell or something like that <laughs> and I was like <laughs> I mean of course your blood pressure is going to go out you've been waiting in a hospital for three days you've been mm. you're you're prone to anxiety anyway and yeah. your partner's being told they have to go I know I think yeah <laughs> I think, I think it's the fear like I'm gonna be here on my own yeah I'm actually quite grateful that it spiked a bit because they, yeah. they were like okay since your blood pressure's gone up like he can stay so he yeah. was there overnight with me and I actually yeah I was having on and off contractions I was using the Freya app yes yeah um and yeah it was kind of going in and out of like yeah you were, you were established and then they'd get further apart again yeah I was just doing everything I could I had my natal hypnotherapy tracks and we'd like we didn't use the hospital lights at all I kept them off and we had fairy lights and I had like my pillow spray and my massage oil and every time somebody walked in they'd be like oh my god it smells amazing (laughs) (laughs) we've obviously created a nice little like safe bubble in that Mm. room it was actually quite it felt quite safe in the end and it didn't it didn't really feel like a hospital room in the end Matty was like on a little sofa-y bed thing I think I Mm. watched like spring watch clips yeah, it was like the nature while I was having contractions. Midwives would come in and out doing my blood pressure, and I'd be like, I think I might be like heading into labour. You know, this is before I'd had a pessimist mm. or anything, and they were like, No, not not if you're still talking to me or still calm. So they they kind of brushed it off a little mm. bit, which is a shame because I think they might have left me maybe if they'd let things sort of just yeah. carry on. I was kind of getting there on my own, I think. Yeah. But obviously we'd been there waiting for induction and they'd been waiting to do it so it got to the next morning and I was just like fully in my mind I was like I'm not going to let them break my waters yeah. if, if I do have this pessary in the end I would, they said we can do it about two o'clock I think mm-hmm. um, 
so they popped it in then when I was already yeah kind of halfway on my way I think yeah and that really just like I was gonna say was it quite quick the reaction and mm. did you feel like you yeah you shifted into a different yeah I think so um, I think I started writing little notes. <laughs> you say Joe's got an incredible notebook here of <laughs> all the things that has, that have happened got during quite, her birth. Um, it happened quite quickly because I put like I had the pessary at around two thirty, and then some strong con- stronger contractions started, but aren't very close together at like four thirty p.m. Okay. So like within that two hours, quick, it, it was stronger. Yeah, and then I had my tens machine whacked that on and said I was going to go I was going to try and rest and that's the last thing I wrote (laughs) (laughs) I love that you got this like so beautiful like really detailed notes and then it's like boom just stopped (laughs) just as soon as I got that pessary got my tent machine on um so it definitely worked induction worked for me me, definitely and did you were, were you able to to stick to your guns with the artificial rupture of your waters so yeah because it was around 4 30 they leave you to progress um don't they give you like 12 hours or something yeah i think so yeah to leave it in um then they would take it out but because it was like sort of an overnight situation midwives would only come in and out i think it was every four hours they wanted to do my blood pressure to check um and i think they listen to the baby Mm. every now and then if you've had an induction yeah um, so they were doing that, but in between it was just like me and Matty in the room. I had mm. my iPad. We watched Strictly Come Dancing, oh. <laughs> yes. and I, I lit. I wasn't really watching it. I just remember like little blurry moments because I was properly like having my contractions. Had my birth ball, and I was yeah just trying to make sure I like went for a wee and if I needed the loo, and yeah just keeping on top of it really. I think I had a shower or something. Just try and relax listen to my natal hypnotherapy and things but it really ramped up overnight to yeah. like all through the night it was just me and Matty and yeah we didn't get much sleep and we didn't yeah. get much sleep the night before because I was kind of in late labour anyway and then I think they came in at 9.30 to check where I was and I was like four centimetres okay. already um, so they were like oh you're already in established they didn't really believe me to start with actually I yeah. kind of said I might need to be checked because I was kind of like in a really in the zone on the bed with my tens machine and my spring watch videos yeah. like um, <laughs> not really able to answer them much but I was just like I yeah it, I think I need to be checked I think it's really common with induction especially with pessary that people have to have more than one pessary like they have one and then like yeah. they leave it overnight and then they have another one Take and they leave it, out, it in the yeah. day so I think for it to have kicked in and for you to then have gone to four centimeters just in the course of being left alone overnight is yeah. probably quite unusual mm. so I imagine they're just thinking oh no she's she's so. just you yeah. know yeah. but you know you you I may have had you had any when you had the pessary inserted before this mm. had they checked your dilation before then so I think so, Did yeah, you? they were to decide what they would do. Yeah. Like, they were like, we could do a cook's balloon. Yeah. And I wasn't, I think I was like, I don't know if it's called a faced or something, I can't remember what it's called. Yeah. I think it, Yeah, so I that's when the cervix is like thinned out rather than kind of spread out. So it has to do two jobs, it has to thin yeah. and dilate. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't think I was like any amount of centimetres before okay. they... So well, that's like, like well, you've worked really hard then, you've had a good oh, good night's work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It must have, Yeah. 
just really I think because it was really dark in the room yeah. and it was just me and Matty which was actually really good I wasn't like the midwives weren't there constantly yeah and maybe that helped that I was just really in the zone with it I did do a bit of lying down on my side and things like that only having the tens machine it was quite intense but mm. yeah so nine nine thirty they were like well actually we don't need to break your waters because you're in established labour so hooray like, just <laughs> did it on my own triumph yeah yeah amazing felt, felt really that made me feel quite positive going into it because yeah. i was like obviously it's happening fairly quickly and we were already like quite tired mm. i felt quite sick in early okay. labour um so i wasn't really able to eat that much now i would definitely bring like some sort of yogurt or something yeah. like soft that you can just quickly because I think it was like chewing and like the concentration oh. of it I just couldn't really handle it and oh, so I think a really that. high calorie drink or something yeah. yeah I think that saved me later on I had like an isotonic gel from Holland and Barrett it yeah. was like a little that saved me I think yeah <laughs> um also the midwife feeding me yogurt and <laughs> <laughs> yeah so they took me to the delivery suite, which was really amazing because I just like was rolled in with really strong contractions and to like the bath, the water pool running, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's been saved. I've got my I've got my pool room, and I was like, oh that's great, and yeah, they just really came on really strong. Then I was kind of in an armchair at one point, not really able to move from the armchair. It was just they got really powerful, and then what had happened was at nine thirty when she checked me she was like I can't I can't get the pessary out so maybe when you next go to the bathroom get it out yourself yeah which was probably not the best because <laughs> my contractions are really close together so I was worried that I was having an overreaction yes, to yeah. it which I think I was looking back because they were really intense contractions like I couldn't I'd been doing my breathing practices I couldn't do that whole like catch your breath yeah. and breathe it out because it was just overpowering me I think but I took the pessary out myself when we got to the birthing room and that really helped okay so I really wish they'd taken it out before me at 9 30 so that calmed it down a bit so when did yeah. you get in the pool probably I think what I thought was about an hour or two I think it was like three or four hours before I actually got into the pool in the room they ran the bath and I was really relying on my tens machine mm. so I was um the midwife read my birth plan and she knew that I wanted to be active so she got like a beanbag out and nice. she'd rearranged the room so it didn't look like a hospital bed room she put the bed against the wall and I used it like to lean on and she said like I'm actually just going to take a picture because this is a really good example of how people can change up a hospital room so yeah. it doesn't look like a hospital room I love that I've, I've read that so many times like get into your get into the room and just shove the bed against mm. the wall you don't need to lie on a bed you can use it for sure yeah like yeah. all falls all of that but there's something about a bed in the mm. middle of a room yeah that is really like daunting oh, pretty nice. yeah. yeah yeah and we had our battery powered candles I'd really recommend a couple of those fairy lights essential oils mm. and on a tissue that was quite helpful neroli essential oil yeah um, that's another good yeah. tip I read is always put it on a tissue not in the water or on your skin because if all of a sudden you hate it yeah, yeah. <laughs> which can It'll happen in labour yeah. you'll just suddenly decide you hate something yeah, yeah you can't can't get rid of it yeah it was quite a good little anchor actually they say yeah. to have anchors and I was like smelling that and I did try gas and air yeah. once I got to the delivery room because with the, with the contractions being so strong I was like I need a bit of help yeah. and 
they, that just really helped and then I got into the pool like after I'd yeah been on my knees for quite a while I think being fed yogurt and mm-hmm. stuff <laughs> I was like yeah I need to rest my legs because of my condition yeah, yeah that was I was going to ask you how during this whole process of being mm-hmm. in active labor and all of a sudden okay it's actually definitely happening you are hardcore in labor yeah. um how did you find your physical symptoms and did you kind of really feel that you needed any additional support so they would the advice was don't like manipulate me too much like okay. especially if I was on my back or if I had to have an epidural they were like don't move my hips too much because they could dislocate or something mm-hmm. like that but generally because I was upright a lot and on my knees and things like yeah my knees just started to tire probably my hips as well and my ankles so yeah I, I bet the pool felt amazing then yeah, yeah. <laughs> take, take, take some of the pressure off weightless for a bit and that really helped and I was without the tens machine and then so yeah I was quite amazed because I was finding the tens machine really good mm. I had it like properly high leveled after a bit but mm. yeah so we were in the pool probably for a, a few hours I think just regular contractions mm. and that's when I started to make like Matty calls it like my slightly animal sounds. Oh like yeah, proper. Yeah, the deep. first moo is a big deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I started to feel that pressure downwards pressure Amazing. in the pool, which was really cool. And I actually preferred that stage to the first stage where, because I'd read about it, the up stage where your muscles are building up to the top, yes. ready to push down. I think I really felt that relief of like them oh. now pushing down. It felt a lot better. Like, it's proactive, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It felt like, okay, this, it's happening now. And the kind of tension was releasing a bit and it was more like pressure okay. with contractions. I think it started to slow down a bit in the pool. Um, and then my midwife, um, I think this was a big like, turning point in it. She had finished her shift, so it shows it was probably quite a long time, I suppose. Yeah. She was like, I'm going to pass over to someone else now, but doing really well and I was really in the zone in my in the pool and I think that switched me out a bit because I remember more now from that point okay because I think I was really just in the zone I felt really comfortable with that midwife because when I'd arrived she'd like looked at my birth plan and like um really sort of gone for it with mm-hmm. me because that made me feel good so yeah it started to slow down a bit in the pool and it was getting like a bit further into the process of like feeling the the downwards pressure so they were like we'll check if you're oh my waters had gone quite a lot um while I was on all fours before I got into the pool brilliant um so that was really good like they were just sort of coming out and then couldn't go for a wee okay yeah that was a really big issue because I think that they were like I think that's what stopped it slowing it down yeah it is incredible how much a full bladder can impact the ability for the baby to descend yeah so quite often they'll do an in and out catheter won't they to yeah so did that's, they offer I had that to get to you? out of the pool okay. to have that um so that's when things intervention started i think okay from that point obviously that had to happen so i had the in and out catheter thing i have with my condition i have a bit of a bladder pain syndrome anyway okay. so i really felt that sort of like sting afterwards and that took me out of it a little bit as mm. well and i drink quite a lot of water so i did have to keep sipping but i was trying not to too much not to fill it up again yeah um she texted she was like can i examine you they were they were monitoring the baby every hour i think because um because of the induction i think 
and yeah my waters had like gone I think it was just like a tiny bit of hind waters okay. were in the way so she was like yeah you're you're really I think I'd progressed quite quickly to eight centimeters what the second time I was examined and then she was like you're at 10 centimeters I think or like the, the hind waters are still okay. there like getting in the way so literally if I just sort of like Nick it. Nick him out the way. That'll get you going, I think. And at that point, it was like a fully consensual thing. Like, yeah. I knew that's what was stalling it. And so they did that. And and, and you're so close. You're not like many, many, many hours away, which is, you know, when yeah. you start to worry about things like infection and things like that. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's, I knew I just needed a bit more help. I think because I was quite exhausted as well. Maybe with a bit more energy, I would have been like, stood up and yeah. like let's get it or oh, I don't know bouncing or I don't know so yeah after that I stood up and there was a lot more pressure like downwards pressure I think because I'd been in that like 10 centimetre sort of am I pushing yet stage for a while I got like on my hands and knees and she was checking as I was sort of semi pushing mm. I don't know if I felt like pushing or not it was more like pressure mm. it wasn't like I need to push 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 yet but she kind of mentioned that I should be push, push, pushing already. But from what I read, was like, you don't need to forcefully push if, like, you go with what your body's telling you and things. So I was, yeah, just trying to go with my instincts with when it was time to push. But she was like, you're not red and sweaty enough when you're pushing. And I was like, oh, OK. Oh. <laughs> I'll try. OK, I'll try that. Not, not I didn't want to do forceful pushing, but... Yeah, I stood up and then I think it got to a point where they're like, you've been in the pushing stage for too long. So that's when, yeah, again, like things mm. stepping in. They brought the bed into the middle of the room and she was like, if you kneel on the bed, I can check when you're pushing, like what's happening and if it's enough and things like that. And then I don't think it was changing much when I was on my like knees. So she was like, um, you have to get in on your side I think to okay. start with which I just wasn't keen on because I found like with contractions like I felt more in control in like an upright position mm. I think lying down you did I think the waves can like overtake you a bit yeah so I think it just progressed from there like I was on my side she's like no that's not it's not progressing enough with the contractions mm-hmm. and then I then I had my legs up in the stirrups in the end and things like that and yeah. I was so it's not particularly <laughs> dignified is it you start yeah. to and I think you've you've been really clear about what you want which is not forceful pushing mm. and not lying down and mm. and like then to have the kind of negative to say like oh it's not effective enough or you're not pushing enough like yeah. I just feel like there are I feel like I was doing it wrong yeah there yeah. is no wrong way to do it yeah. you are it didn't feel like time to start like really yeah and and yeah there's the whole there's this whole rest and be thankful phase right so you're at 10 centimeters you may still be having some contractions but things are slowed down a bit Mm. it's designed our bodies are designed to do that so that we can have a little bit of a breather before the oh my god i need to push thing happens and i I think it's you hear a lot of stories of that just being forgotten so so maybe you were just kind of there you know you needed a bit of a a chill before the next (laughs) yeah I think I was more aware at that point, so maybe it was that, like, adrenaline spike moment as well. Mm. It was before I got out of the pool where I was like, can I carry on with this? Yeah. Like, should I ask for an epidural now? Because I'm so exhausted. 
and in my mind I was like it's too late for that kind of thing so I didn't say any of, any of it out loud and I knew that I, that's not definitely what I wanted so yeah pushed through a bit but yeah maybe I was in that like slightly restful phase but they said I think when it gets to two hours or something of the pushing phase they like want to then intervene um and sort of be in control of when yeah. it, how it's progressing so there was a lot of like and my contractions really just weren't as like effective at that point mm. I found like when they were telling me to push I didn't feel like my contractions were working with me as much yeah. as they were to start with and maybe it's because I was in that new more vulnerable position on yeah. my back and stuff and yeah you're feeling less secure so your body's mm. kind of a bit more wary of, yeah, of what it's doing. It did feel like a tense stuff a bit, yeah. which is a shame. And it sounds like you were so good at being in your zone as well, and they've yeah. sort of removed you take, from that, maybe. Take me from my zone. Yeah. yeah, a little yeah. bit. A little bit. Yeah, and but, I mean, were, were you or your baby like in distress at any point? Were you, um, or were you doing okay? We were doing okay, and Ivy was taking the contractions really well, and they were monitoring her, and they were yeah. like, yeah, she doesn't really care, like, she's yeah. fine. Um, but then, when I was on my back, forcefully pushing, that's when she was, like, mm. her heart rate Funny that. went like, down. <laughs> yeah. They were getting me to, like, push without... They even said, like, you're making too much noise, or, like, you're concentrating your force on, like... I wasn't even screaming, I was just kind of going, like, mm, like a sort yeah. of hum. Um, and they were like, there's no need to make the noise, like, just push all of... Use all your force into, like, the... <laughs> The downward sort of... Ah, um, oh, but you didn't even want to push. Like, oh, it, just, it didn't feel right to be pushing at the moments when I was. And naturally, I just thought, I want to be on all fours or something. Because I would feel the, the power of like yes. gravity helping me or something. And it felt like I was pushing upwards because I had my legs up. And yeah. They were, and in the end, they were like, oh, yeah. So she called a midwife in to check the heart rate. And they were like, yeah, no, we need to get the baby kind of coming out now so there was another midwife one had my leg the other had my other leg like come on push and then a doctor came in I think in the end just to look at the possibility of like do you like check the heart rate Mm. and then just to look at the possibility of like do you think she might need an episiotomy because I would the the pushes were really effective they said but um in between she would come back down Mm. again um, which was quite frustrating. Yeah. I felt you'd think gravity would help with that, though. You'd think mm. they would want you to you'd be think, upright. Oh, so she's yeah. going back. Let's get her upright or like on all fours mm. or something. I felt like the head, her head, come out because mm. she said, "Oh, you can feel like the, the little bit of her head yeah. was coming," and that that was quite like encouraging. But and also it was weird at this point. I had gone quite numb. Like I couldn't really feel. I was using the gas and air because I was. It was just a real like safety net. Yeah. Like, I need that for the contractions but I couldn't feel the sort of like burning crowning sensation maybe because I was worried I went slightly numb so that was good I suppose (laughs) (laughs) I didn't feel that like as I was pushing it didn't it wasn't too intense which a lot of people say like oh what's worse the crowning or the Mm. contractions but so that was okay and then yeah they were like because she keeps going back down I think well maybe we'll have to try an episiotomy because it's been too long now and um her heart rate had gone down a little, not dangerously low or anything, but they just were aware that they didn't want the baby to get in distress. Yeah. Um, so they tried the episiotomy, and that was a couple of pushes with that, and they were like, okay, we'll try the Von Toos next. Okay. Um, so yeah, the doctor like popped a Von Toos on, I think, and I think within two contractions, 
she came out with the Vontis. Wow. But that was a bit yeah. of a, like, oh, my God, like, moment of shock. Yeah, yeah. Given how hard you've been working. Oh, my gosh, it was crazy. I think, because, like, by that point, they were worrying me a bit, saying, like, it's been too long now. I was like, okay, well, mm. I was kind of welcoming those interventions. Like, when the doctor got there, I was a yeah. bit like, well, obviously, I need this now. Like, yeah, Come, that's fine. Yeah. yeah. And how um, do you feel about that now, like, looking back? Um, yeah, I think since I had had my, my birth reflections phone call I did ask like what was the reasoning behind that like naturally if I was left to naturally sort of go through that later stage perhaps monitoring and thinking oh she's not doing great but still doing okay like what would happen and they were like well they just want the baby to be in a good condition like not yeah. in distress and things like that so I think they're in a, more of a so it's almost like a a kind of preventative thing rather yeah, than a let's I wait mean, until it's yeah, yeah maybe not absolutely yeah I suppose they kind of got like their sort of statistics of births to keep going and they like yeah the baby's got to come out in good condition and and I kind of was like okay I suppose I was pleased because she seemed really well like yeah. when she came out so yeah I think I was grateful for them in the end because it had been so so long um, I think it was like one. I was born at one twenty-eight, so that's like on the Sunday. Oh no, it was on the Monday morning. Okay. And they'd gone in there on the Friday. Yeah, so you've, you've been at it a while, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, it was a long one. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think in the end, I was like, she's here. Yeah. And I was grateful for those like little step-ins. Yeah. Um, Helped you kind of reach the end goal yeah. when in those final exhaust- yeah. exhausting moments. It didn't go how I wanted towards the end, but the beginning yeah. was so positive that overall it kind of felt good in felt like, yeah. yeah. And Ivy just looked amazing. She was like, no vernix. Really? really good <laughs> colour. And I was just like, oh my gosh, whose baby is this? <laughs> <laughs> Perfect little TV baby. Yeah, yeah, she So how was that moment? Was she put straight on your chest and yeah. you had that moment of skin to skin and everything was okay? Yeah, it was It was good. They popped her straight on. I had like, my nighty undone ready and yeah, she was there. She was, what wasn't great was the bright lights. I really hated oh, really? that. And I was, because they had to see, obviously, to do an episiotomy. So then I first of all just like shielded her eyes. and mm. But that was really nice. She calmed down when I was shielding her mm. eyes and talking so to her. So instinctive, isn't it? You just, yeah, oh, like, oh, there She was just right here. And they were kind of, it was such a weird feeling because it was quite painful because then they were like just getting on with stuff yeah. down there. <laughs> like giving me, they gave me an injection in my thigh. They were stitch. She was stitching me back up, so I was using. I had to like have some gas and air yeah. at the same time. But I think like having Ivy there was quite a good pain relief as yeah. well. Like just that moment, and then they put like a cannula yeah. in my hand because there was a risk of infection with an instrumental delivery. Yeah. Which I look back now, I probably would have declined because they can put you on antibiotics if you do get an infection. Yes, it made Ivy's tummy a bit funny because I probably passed the antibiotic onto her, and it probably made my tummy a bit funny and yeah. things like that. But and also it like exploded and like there was so much blood from that and things. It was felt quite gruesome, and I in the end I did need a second injection of because I started to bleed a bit. So. Yeah, so I was going to ask you about that. Did you have any any kind of what they may have classed as a hemorrhage or I don't was it think just so. I think it was like pre hemorrhage kind of like okay. they were like yeah you're bleeding quite a bit so it's good that you're here but then I I guess they might have been able to manage that level at a birth center as well anyway so who's to say to know for the future but yeah I had two injections of the P 
into him. Yeah. I was worried it would make me feel sick, but it didn't in the end. And, um, and then did you placenta come away quite easily? Oh, or? Yeah, before the, obviously before they stitched me up, the, the placenta would have come out, wouldn't it? Oh, because they give you the induction. and Yeah. I really wanted to have the delayed cord clamping yeah. for as long as possible, but they said that wasn't possible. Did they give you a reason for that? Was it because of your bleeding? bleeding? Okay. But they said we'll do it for at least a minute. Okay. So I don't think it went white or I don't know. Mm. I don't, I'm not really sure because I couldn't see. I also put in my birth plan that I really want to see my placenta, which yeah. I didn't. Um, oh, that's such a shame. Yeah. Oh. A real shame. I kind of feel it. Like a bit emotional about it because yeah, I, I it's just want to see it. <laughs> it's such an intuitive, like fascinating thing. Yeah. Um, How did uh, feeding go? Did you? What were your thoughts about before you had her? What were your thoughts? And then when she arrived, how how did it go? Yeah, it wasn't too bad actually. I think they left us for a bit in the room, turned down the lights, so I had to nice. on my chest, and I just read a lot about like how they can find their way to the nipple and things, yeah. and I was like. Let's give it a go. In the end, I just sort of like held her near the breast. And yeah. She could see it and sort of had a little go. And the midwife came and was like, oh, you're trying it already. And I was like, <laughs> might as well. Yeah. Give it a go. <laughs> she, and she was quite like good at having like latching on. That's I don't know if it was perfect to start with, but yeah, we just like had a little bath afterwards and she got her changed and weighed her and stuff and then when we were actually back in like in a bed and stuff I just kept giving it a go mm. um I think the next morning they were like oh she's not really latching on that well maybe you should express them off like hand express them off like with a little syringe to give her which I think I did get a little bit out but I wasn't very good at getting it out that mm. way and she was doing okay so yeah you're both you're both new at this yeah you both yeah. need to yeah, I think they they can be a bit worried about if they're getting enough and things like that. But I kind of just wanted to go with it. I wanted to get out of the hospital fairly quickly because Matty wasn't allowed to stay. Right. He had to sleep in the car because <sighs> we left the room at like five in the morning and he would only be allowed in the maternity ward at nine o'clock. So he went slept in the car for like four hours because we hadn't slept for like... Oh, it like makes absolutely long. no sense. And, like, like he was just there. What what's the difference? Yeah, I know. Oh, it makes me so furious yeah. for all the, all the families that have had to to do that. We're like, we can't really drive in this state. We've been awake for like thirty six hours, <laughs> however long it was. So, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> but yeah, we just had a bit of feeding and them observing during the day in the hospital. And I think by five o'clock, they were like, "You can go home this evening." Okay just before we left we had one more check and the midwife was like if you really like just hold her head on as she's trying to latch Mm. instead because she sort of got frustrated and came off it actually did work she was it it kind of got her going a bit Mm. more by like making her realize if she just stayed in one position you had a quite a good suction okay once she'd got to the the destination she was good yeah but i've read so many things about not forcefully holding yeah. them as well so it was funny but that that it did work yeah. stay on i think as long bit. as the baby's able to remove themselves when they've had enough i think yeah. that's that's yeah. more the issue isn't i think it? it was just to get going she got going and then she was able to stay on with the suction yeah so, yeah yeah the midwife came the next day it was emma oh yeah but yeah <laughs> Um, Emma was really lovely just like her confidence handling her yeah. was amazing she like, dressed her for us and she'd done a poo and she was checking 
and she checked her suction and she was yeah. like oh she's got a really good suction <laughs> so like yeah, i was quite lucky ivy was really mm. like keen and got us going keen, with it yeah how was your kind of immediate postpartum when you all came home first couple of days we were just up in the bed like i was in quite a lot, bit of pain with my mm. stitches i found that like quite shockingly like whoa the after bit felt a bit like i'd been hit by burst mm. probably the lack of sleep and the effect on my joints of like just being knelt for ages and ages yeah so yeah i was like so exhausted and the stitches were like quite sore as well so and were you given like any sort of specific pain relief for that paracetamol and ibuprofen okay. so i think as long as he kept up with that it did help a lot okay um, and just like having bars like salt like epsom salt bars okay quite, like every day yeah that helped definitely i had a few like products like expert midwife yeah spritz or like things like that spritz for bits and i've heard that's packs. very good yeah just anything like to to cool it and mm. don't put too much weight on your bum yeah <laughs> so i had like my mum bought around like a seat and somebody bought me a donut cushion yeah. to be sat with but i did find it quite hard to start with with like caring for ivy like she was in a side cot and just things like twisting because of my pelvic pain it was still mm. hanging around a bit and things. yeah how long did you notice the kind of pregnancy effect on your ligaments and joints after she had been born it took a good month i think to go back to a bit more normal because yeah. the yeah i would i wanted to wear her quite a lot um in a sling but sort of going out and about I got quite a lot of pain from the stitches and things with any extra weight so I had to put her in a pram at points which Mm. I was a bit upset about because she loved being in her little sling Mm. around the house yeah it took a good month I think to like the pain the pelvic pain it was mostly when I was on my side and stuff so in bed I was like but it was amazing being able to lie on my back again that like, is so joyous oh, isn't it it's the best feeling yeah. yeah I was just constantly on my left because I had heartburn as well so I had to be on my left side because that helps it so I was like can finally like lie on my back that instead. first moment where you lie on your back and you just think oh my god I can sleep on my back again <laughs> Bliss. It was amazing. So good. <laughs> and how did you find in general like your well being and stuff for the first kind of well, I suppose the fourth trimester, so that first kind of few months? Not too bad actually. I think like a couple of days after I had that really like teary day, which yeah. lots of people say. And I was like, Why am I incredibly upset right now? Yeah. <laughs> I remember sitting on the sofa in tears just going to my husband, What have we done? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, I think it's that like the sort of way. It's the realization, like, isn't it, of what, what's changed? The little, little person's here to stay. I did feel a little bit weaker, and like mm. um, I think the birth just really impacted me. Like it was so physically exhausting. Yeah. I tried to get out to groups and stuff, though, which actually really helped. Incredibly tired mums. Yes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah just I know. A bit battered, like, oh my gosh, what's happening? Someone, someone else <laughs> meet you a cup of tea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, hot tea and yeah, and seeing other people breastfeeding as well. I think that's it. We don't see other we don't see other people that's... doing it, do we? And this, because also, if you haven't yet had children the likelihood of you actually watching somebody else breastfeed is so low that you would naturally just go oh my god no i'm not i'm averting my eyes but it's really important to watch people if you can it's good to see it yeah some mums were a bit more confident about like showing a bit more and i was like yeah you know what you just got to do it like as quickly and as comfortably as you can and before i was really like conscious of like just having like a tiny window like (laughs) only nobody can see anything but 
it did help like yeah seeing other people great advice as well to people who are maybe a bit nervous about breastfeeding around other other mums is that it's really helpful when you can all to help each other it. to see yeah, it yeah, yeah definitely, definitely. Oh, well, thank you so much for sharing your story with me. Is there anything else that you would like to talk about your birth in terms of maybe something that really helped you during pregnancy or something specific um, to your condition or anything like that? Any resources that you'd like to share? I think the birth plan by the Naked Doula, again, that was a a visual. Yeah. You can do it online. Found it really, like, meditative to, like, sit there, like, putting really clear icons about what I wanted. Yeah. I printed it and, like, laminated it, like, put it with my birth notes. And I wouldn't say it was totally, like, noticed all the time. Having done it again, I'd probably say, like, give it to your partner to hand to people who take over your care and things but I do love Mm. the visual so there's like little kind of stickers almost aren't there that says like you know maybe it says no don't offer me an epidural or whatever it is but it's so visually clear that actually rather than reading through bullet points and lists and lists and lists it's it's not too wordy and it's really visual yeah there's there's so many resources and it's quite personal I think yeah I did get the the food of love book for breastfeeding okay that was quite it's quite quirky illustrations but it helped like and it's quite helpful afterwards for breastfeeding issues and things oh i haven't actually read that one myself so i'll find it and find the author as well but yeah amazing oh that's absolutely brilliant thank you so much for sharing i know it's it's a really personal story and it's not you know it's not really been that long for you i know that what eight, eight months so like a <laughs> some people Weird, will say yeah. it's quick as a flash and others will say um yeah yeah uh, it's not i really yeah, appreciate it thank you, you so much for your time for having me <laughs> pleasure <laughs> thank you again to joe for sharing your birth story and in particular your experiences with hypermobile ellis danlos syndrome If you know of anyone who would benefit from listening to this episode or any of the other stories on the podcast, please do share with them. If you would like to get in touch with me and I love a chat, you can reach me at lucy at realbirth.co.uk. You can connect with me on Instagram at realbirthpodcast or also on Facebook under The Real Birth Podcast. My website is realbirth.co.uk if you would like to submit your birth story or you can just get in touch to give your feedback, which I always hugely appreciate. That is all for this week. Thank you for listening and I'll see you again next Wednesday for another amazing birth story. Bye.